Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger. With me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello. And joining us this week is our friend, Dungeon Master, fellow sweary dad, Mr. Michael Jones. Hello. That's me. Welcome. Where's the applause track? Uh, yeah, we'll put that in post. That's fine. Uh, uh, awesome. That'll be cool. in there. Yeah, only after only after you say "Where's the applause track?" and then it will start. <laughs> cool. Yeah, but I want to be like really. Cheesy. Except now, now Trevor has like signposted that, so I'm not going to do that because that would then be too obvious. It's this whole thing we get into with the followers. <sighs> Whoever's editing gets to mess with the other person. All right. Anyway, uh, welcome, <laughs> <laughs> listeners at home. Uh, I think we're just going to jump straight into some click pitch. Trevor, tell Actually, us what no, it's about. Actually, let, no, let's hear a little bit from our from our guest, Michael. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> Introduce yourself. <laughs> Hi, I'm Michael. I, what, I don't know. Um, I'm a teacher. <laughs> I, I've been listening to this podcast since, like, it first was released. Um, I love it. Your favourite episode was Blind Reflection for quite a while. (laughs) I did love that. I did love that episode. That was amazing. Um, Check. Well, you'll need to. I know that you're not quite caught up, which is fine. Uh, (laughs) We did. (laughs) We did a. We did a second chance click pitch on that, didn't we, Trev? Yes, we we did did a second chance click pitch on Blind Reflection. Came up with a new game based on that prompt. So. Ooh, I'm going to have to listen to that one. Yeah, I think I, it was, I, I love yeah, that. Probably on two one or two. No, it must be on two two. Yeah, two two. Yeah, it's a pretty cool. One. Yeah, um, yeah. It involved a cult, so. Yeah. <laughs> that oh, good. that's right. Yeah, now I remember. I don't remember old episodes. No, of course not. Especially because I edited that one. Um, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to play a little game called Click Pitch. We each have a random word generator that I fixed up in my Discord bot today because they broke it. (laughs) And on the count of three, two, one, click, we're each going to type some words into Discord, get a word, only one word each, and then we'll throw those words at each other and make it work into a game. Yeah. Games. In case we haven't mentioned, video games. Uh, We're like five minutes in. We may not have said that that that's what we're doing. (laughs) All right. Three, two, one, click. All right. My word. Belching. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mine is clock. And mine is prerequisite. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, is is the belching? (laughs) I feel feel like this is a, a, a... a misintentioned Connect game from the early era of Connect using voice stuff, where <laughs> there was something around physically having to to burp uh, to like stop time or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the prerequisite was that you had to connect it add on. Obviously, <laughs> it's like a um, it's it's like a Mario Party type game where you're playing against your siblings and. So there's like a, I don't know, some sort of ball that's swinging between you and the burp, like, uh, <laughs> stops whatever the movement is, whoever side of the court it's on or something, uh, you, you win the point. So, yeah, so it's like when you play, um, 
uh, like table soccer or whatever with the straws where you're trying to blow or like table. I don't, I don't know what the actual thing is, but do you know the game I mean? Where you're trying to blow a ball across the ping pong ball across the table with the straws. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's basically that, except yes, you're burping into your connect. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, it's it's a it's a mobile app. Have you? Uh, oh, there's there's yeah. one that you like. You 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 scream into the mobile app, and it moves the character across the screen. Have you seen that one? <laughs> oh, God. I think it's kind of like that, but it's, but instead of screaming, you have to burp. Um, yeah. So I, I yeah. don't know if there is good to jump. I don't know if burp to jump. I don't know if there is very good burp recognition um, software out there, but you know we will just uh, have to be leaders in that field, uh, detecting the the resonance volume. What you ate for lunch. <laughs> and there's an adapter that goes onto there, and that's one of Ben's special peripherals. My peripherals? I thought it was <laughs> Trevor's peripherals that was our segment from, like, three years ago. <laughs> there was a song to it and everything, but I'm, I'm sure that Ben has forgotten that by now. Trevor's custom peripherals! <laughs> Something like that. Uh, yeah, that's actually pretty damn close. <sighs> yeah. All right, I think let's just click again on that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a warm-up. Yeah, yeah. Ousting. Experiment. Location. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you play a scientist's bodyguard trying to keep people out of the area that they're trying to do an experiment. You're ousting people from the, uh, Ooh, from the zone. Yeah, I like that. I could see that in VR, in which you've got to manhandle the people and throw them over the fence sort of thing, and <laughs> sort of like- I like you know, that. It's in a 360 degree sort of thing, so you've always got to sort of move up to the- move up to the person, throw them out, but then while you're doing that, people are sneaking in from behind. It's true. I don't think I've played a VR game with nice- well, maybe like Boneworks style thing, I guess, where you can kind of grab the rag dolls with two hands and they really got some weight to them. You really have to, yeah, you really have to, as the you know, as the young folks say, yeet them out of there. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't use that word. I like it. I, um, my, my first thought was instead of the bodyguard thing is you are the scientist and you've got some failed experiments and you're trying to get rid of them. Um, so like as, as you're, as you're yeeting the failed experiments, they're like trying to bust their way back in or something. <laughs> so you're, okay. So this is Dr. Frankenstein, uh, and you've got all your like weird misshapen failed monsters, um, try, trying to break back in. Uh, I like that. If, That's cool. If you throw them like, if you throw the wrong ones the wrong way, they like they merge together and form like bigger <laughs> monsters to come get you. So I I do like this. Are you then creating? Is this is this sort of you're attempting to create new experiments to fend off the old experiments? But if you don't do it well enough, you're just creating even more powerful experiments to then come and attack you. I think so. It's like, but you've it's got like, time pressures, obviously. So you've got to do it really, really quickly because the, if the chemicals get too old, then they don't bond correctly and it, it totally fucks up. It's like a tower defense game, except like you're in control of everything. So instead of just trying to stop the waves, you're creating the waves at the same time. That's kind of cool, actually. <laughs> As you know, I like the time pressure thing where it's something like if you don't 
keeps something going on your new experiments, then they turn against you, right? So while you're able to create more powerful experiments to fend, yeah, again, to fend off uh, the attacking hordes, if you don't like keep enough electricity going into them or whatever, they're brain short circuits and now they're coming for you and you've just created a really powerful enemy uh, that you were hoping (laughs) would be on your side. (laughs) <laughs> but is not yeah i really really like that okay what i know this is very different to how we normally do it but um what sort of sound design and what sort of graphic design are you thinking i could see i'm just wondering whether you want, want whether you want generic monster sounds or whether it's like you want to try and give each um each monster that you create an individual voice <laughs> using some sort of vocoder or something like that. So, yeah. Are we generating, like, procedural sounds based on how you've built these creatures? That's what I'm hoping. That would be cool. I'm picturing... Now I'm picturing a, like, a very spore-like creature editor where you've got a certain amount of points that you can spend. And when you attach limbs and stuff, you get, like, the nice stitching and stuff as you've, like, put this thing together and, like, all the flesh oozing out. Uh, Oh, you get to choose what colour stitching and everything. Oh, yeah, you can (laughs) customise it right down so that when you're, you're, like, very uh, intricately built monster turns against you, you really feel it. Uh, You just feel that. uh (laughs) But I chose the pink thread. Yeah, but unfortunately, you didn't double stitch it, and therefore the arms just fall off. Look, I couldn't afford well, that. That's advantageous when it's trying to destroy you. Exactly. So maybe, maybe you build them poorly because you know that they're eventually going to go against you. So, well, and then so the, and then coming back to the sound design, obviously, you know, if you've used you know, like a, a fucking metal uh, baseball bat as a leg, then you get the real one-sided, like, kunk, 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 as it's walking towards you. It's all, uh, yeah, generated procedurally. I, th- it, it, I feel like that could work well. Yeah, I'm really wondering how procedural skeletons work and and how things like Spore knew, okay, this this particular animal has only got four legs, but this one here, I've, I've put 32 legs on it and s- still it manages to to animate it correctly like you if we really want to get te- well the the secret to that was that it was always symmetrical um, true and so there are techniques for no matter how many legs you have just having them go the right steps sort of thing um and they always reach the ground you know that sort of thing uh, but yes, if we're creating asymmetrical creatures, that would prove <laughs> difficult for animation, I'm sure. It might have to, I don't know if we custom make the skeleton. I don't know if you can just attach, you know, tons of <laughs> limbs that they can, I don't know. Well, we can't, what, we're not making this fucking game. Why do we get into this technical bullshit? <laughs> someone else is making yeah. it. Yeah. We're just coming up with the ideas. Make our game. <laughs> the idea is asymmetrical skeletons fully animated and they feel as though they're going to jump right out of the screen. Because that's right, it's still in VR. <laughs> Did we say VR? Yeah, okay. Um, what, uh, what experiment is the scientist doing that we're trying to protect from here? Like, is there something, is there some gameplay we can bring in there where, like, 
kind of if you're like building up energy, it could be like oh, it got to twenty five percent, it sends out a huge pulse to like push them back or something, or, or you can upgrade that in different ways or something. I do like the idea of a monster bodyguard that you're basically trying to build, but of course, if you don't keep him satiated, then he turns on you. So the idea of of having to you know keep him interested by buying him new limbs and that sort of stuff. So it's just the one. I was basically thinking you'd be like creating, I don't know, templates essentially for creatures and like, just and churning, then, just and then churning them out. Yeah, exactly. Um, with to obviously help run other parts of your mansion, but when when you don't pay them enough money or you don't pay them enough attention, they turn on you. Well, I think you've already got like the those outside that have already like at the beginning. There's a there's there's all your really early ones that turned on you very quickly. Um, but then, yes, you, you're, you're creating these monster templates, churning them out to fend those off. But it, yeah, if you if you overextend yourself, essentially they st- they don't have enough uh, energy to to stay I don't know, sentient. <laughs> I reckon they do say sentient, but they start to unionize and they come ag- they upright against you. <laughs> yeah, they bring out the guillotines. They rise up. <laughs> <laughs> you gave him too much autonomy. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the one way to end that one click. Three to one click. <laughs> I got average. Lag. Mace. No, did you hear that? Lag. Sorry, I think that's a good Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Average mace lag. Um, <laughs> depending on the setting, mace could obviously be, you know, a heavy thing on the end of a stick or some sort of pepper spray based. Yeah, I like the pepper spray side of things. Yeah. Because average pepper spray. I'm just wondering how average that is. <laughs> it's like what's- And the lag is, is all about the delay and how long it takes to actually, you know, start to burn the eyes. So you get sprayed, and then you know there's just that delay, and then all of a sudden you're in searing pain. Yeah. Um, is this like an educational game for anti-fascism protesters <laughs> 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 to to teach them how best to fight against uh, pepper spray? Yeah, maybe that's getting a little bit too <laughs> <on> the nose. <laughs> political. <laughs> With average lag, my first, like, before I heard Mace, average lag, I was like, oh, we're, like, we're in the network and we're, like, we're, we're doing things inside the network trying to work there. But then I'm like, how do you work in the Mace angle into that? All right, all right. What about what about a game? It's, like, it's a satirical game of a, some sort of, like, MMORPG. Mm-hmm. You're essentially playing a very badly coded MMORPG, <laughs> but it's actually a single player game. Like it's all built in that, and and so all the characters that you come up against, uh, come across are other players quotation marks, um, and they're, they're all, all AI. They're all, yeah, they're all actually AI, and and you know it's actually a narrative, but. But yes, part of the plot essentially is dealing with the lag and you, there may even be strategies around, you know, it's this over-ambitious real-time MMORPG where 
Part of, uh, yeah, a, a part, essentially part of the gameplay involves network lag, simulated network lag. Ooh, I can't. I do like that idea, but I also want to bring in some of those. Um, remember the game Hack and Slash, in which you had a USB stick as a sword that you could like stick into enemies and recode them. I like the idea of being able to do that with some of these characters as well to bring their lag down by you know deleting code that was causing it to <laughs> to um you know, take longer to, to process and all this sort of stuff. So you're like a hack and slash hacker. I love that. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> effectively, I that you, game, you do, yeah. you're kind of um, going through this MMO, um, you talk to this NPC and, and the conversation's really lagging behind. Like, you're, you're talking about stuff and they're still answering the previous question sort of thing because it's taking so long. I do you like- can- <clears throat> I like the general idea because we're obviously already in the meta gaming. I don't think it should be that you're getting in there and hacking the code itself. I think it should be that at some point in the narrative, you manage to convince someone to give you like dev powers. Um, and so you're <laughs> able to write slash commands into the chat to do stuff like teleport mobs around and, you know, give someone nine, 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 nine health or whatever. Um, <laughs> But I don't know, maybe there's some sort of resource or if you use it too much, the actual, the other like devs will, will find you and take it away from you or something. So there's a, there's a limit. But the AI about- devs, because there are no real devs. <laughs> yes, exactly. The AI devs. Yes. <laughs> How about we, we go even more meta and you also play your character outside the game and he will, he learns how to hack onto their servers. To, to like improve code. <laughs> <laughs> so you're playing, you're playing a character who's playing an MMORPG. I love that. Okay. Except we make it, except we make it multiplayer. So there's multiplayer. <laughs> <laughs> but the multiplayer bit is only when you're not, when you're not in the in-game MMO. It's That's only. It. And then so it's you- just The Sims. Well, I was just thinking you can, like, send chat messages to your friends and it's actually sending chat messages to your Steam friends uh, and, and, like, ask for tips and stuff and be like, I'm trying to hack into these RPG servers, uh, Trevor. Like, how, you know, do you have any hints? Uh, and that's your actual now, that friends. that has actually been done before and it freaked me the fuck out when it happened in Pony Island. <laughs> yeah, where they bring you, yes. They simulate they, Steam they- messages. Yeah, they actually simulate Steam messages and it starts coming up as, as like, oh, really? Oh, why'd you send me that? Like, this is just so weird. And it's in the middle of, like, you're doing this, this, um, question and answer sort of thing. And so it, it takes you away from yeah. what they're saying. It was really, it got me. It got me. It grabs someone from your, it's, it's something like it asks you to type in the worst thing you can think of. And then you get a message saying, like, like, uh, repeating some of it, what you wrote back from someone on your friends list saying, why would you send me this horrible thing? That's amazing. Yeah, it's really effective. Um, so, yes, I think we bring in some of that sort of stuff. Uh, you never actually know if you're talking to your real life friends or not. It's kept secret the whole time whether there is any multiplayer aspect to this game. And then just to get a third level of meta, that involves actual internet people then digging into our code to try to find out if it connects to a network or not. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, just trying to meet up in game. Not that would ever happen. 
Yeah, like No Man's Sky, uh, no Man's Sky style. Yeah. 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 I love it. That's... I mean, even just going back to that base idea of a simulated buggy MMORPG, that's that's really fun. There's yeah, some cool that's, shit you that's can do. Good, right? That's good. <laughs> I really, really like the um the MMO side of things. With just lag is one of those killers in in games, but to have that as your main mechanic is just sort of <laughs> I don't know, people's minds. I don't know how you'd actually do it without just being annoying. It really would just be annoying, though, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. I would have thought... I, I actually play an MMO, and I actually thought when I got the NBN that it would have uh, improved my latency, but it has not in the slightest. No. Do you play on US What MMO servers? do you play? Uh, it's Guild Wars 2. It's a good one. Mm. I played a bit of the first Guild Wars. It's like the so only I. MMO I ever actually bought, uh, but I didn't get very far. Mm-hmm. I played one of the lineages as well early on. I don't know which one. Yeah. <laughs> Three to one click. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Honeycomb. Vacuum. Ugh. Ranting. <laughs> All right, so you're a beekeeper. <laughs> yeah, beekeepers yeah. actually use vacuums, don't they? Some like to gather up their bees sometimes. I don't. Yeah. But but you're they do. <laughs> but you you've got like a manager who's like just angry all the time, and you have to collect more honey, and so you've rigged up this vacuum contraption and have to like vacuum the honey or something. Oh, I, I do like the idea of a. And we go to this, well, a fair bit, but, like, an automation sort of thing around honey, uh, like, satisfactory <laughs> style or factorio sort of thing. The incredible machine. Yeah, like, have, yeah. <laughs> okay, you, have to, you have to build a Rube Goldberg <laughs> device to, to make, keep the bees happy and extract the honey from there. Uh, All the while, honeycomb. you've got a manager ranting at you. Yeah. Saying that you got to do this faster and you got to do this better, and you know why are you using the baseball when you could be using you know something something a little bit uh, heavier like a softball or something like that. Like it's just um, <laughs> that old school Animal Crossing mechanic of the, that guy that like screams at you and belittles you the entire time. Every choice you make, regardless of what it is, just like <laughs> shits all over you. <laughs> But luckily, the bees are really friendly, and they like give you uplifting comments. Uh, oh, you yeah. go, <laughs> Thank you for not killing us. <laughs> to like counter your horrible boss, <laughs> and it gets real. Like that at the very start, you didn't realize that all those personal questions that you were entering in, like we're, we're going to come back against you. <laughs> so you essentially call it t- talking it into a like belittlement simulator. Uh, where it breaks down your, uh, yeah. We've got code that can dox you, basically. (laughs) People people play their video games for escapism, and this one just, like, it's too real. It turns out that this game is actually DLC for our last game, and it's not a honeycomb game at all. It's, uh, it's a meta game around the code of the- yeah, okay. This is just no. an expansion. This is just an expansion of that VR simulator firing people 
thing I saw. Oh, God. I did see that, I think. <laughs> oh, God. But wasn't it an actual tool? I think it was an actual tool for, like, yeah, management to practice just awful. Yeah. dealing with distraught people after you fire them. Um, but this is this is DLC for when you're working on a, <laughs> a honey farm. It's for the, yeah, it's for the opposite side. It's like, okay, he's how to deal with a fucking asshole ranting boss um, and also <laughs> how to uh, get honey. Uh, well, I, I think I think one of the things about that, you know, doxing and all that sort of stuff aside, uh, one of the things about, like, a ranting boss, if you can placate them somehow by doing everything that they're sort of wanting, yet still somehow subverting what they actually what they actually want to get it done in a slightly different way could be quite fun because um, I know, you know, in real life, when, when you get something done and your boss, you know, asked it, done, asked it done one way, but you've done it in a better way and they praise you for it, it's always the best feeling. Um, alternatively, <laughs> <laughs> after you've collected the honey, you you take your Rube Goldberg mechanics but, like, back to his house. <laughs> <laughs> and just managed to so, fill his house with honey. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I do like the idea of, like, subverting the boss. That's Well, yeah, that so, so I'm kind of thinking it's, like, the boss is almost just one of your challenges um, where it is this sort of automation or a Goldbergish machine game and you've got challenges where it's, it might just be, you know, collect... 10 litres of honey, um, and here are your resources, right? You've got three hives and a vacuum and the bees are happy if they have this many flowers. Like, you've got, you've sort of got these resources and it's a matter of hooking that up in a way that not only do you have enough bees in each hive to, like, keep the production going at a good rate, but also when your boss comes around who ironically is scared of bees you can like shoot some towards him so he doesn't bother you <laughs> while you're actually doing the job that he's asked you to do i love it for some reason i've just got this vision of all these hives sitting on these conveyor belts that are just going round in a circle so that you don't have to move the um you don't have to move the the vacuum you actually move the hive under the vacuum. <laughs> well, you can bring in some real beekeeping stuff because I'm pretty sure there's like a known uh, area that you can move a hive. Like if you move a hive more than a certain amount, the bees won't be able to come back and find it. As long as you move it um, within a certain amount, within a certain amount of time, they'll be able to find it again. So that can be part of the challenge. Like to the point that if they want, if you want to move a hive too far, you have to do it like I'm going to move it three meters this month. And then I'm going to move it three meters next month if you want to keep the hive in there. Um, so that they essentially, it's either they forget or maybe all of the bees that remembered where the old one was have died. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> How do you keep track of them? Do you have to like color code the bees or? Yeah, it's like generation one. Tags on them? Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> uh, microchips in every single bee gets expensive, but worth it. Uh, <laughs> the microchip is like half the size of the bee. <laughs> um, yeah, it just digs right into their brain, and you can actually control them if you want. Then just take remote control, fly a bee around. It's a little Easter egg. <laughs> Controlling the queen is the best. Why? <laughs> Oh, sorry. I was going to make a Freddie Mercury impression, but I couldn't think of a Queen song. Uh, 
they, they didn't have many hits at all. Bahamian Rhapsody? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to ride my Michael, bicycle. Stop bicycle. <laughs> bicycle. <laughs> Gonna make a supersonic bee out of me. Can't stop my bees. All right. <laughs> Three to one. <laughs> should, we, should, we, should, we, should we move to a movie? Should we do a movie? Mm, one more. I like my. Because you got a good word. word. Okay. <laughs> uh, lightning. Hostility. Tongue. Hung. Tongue. Ooh, yeah. oh, tongue. 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 Lightning, hostility, lightning tongue. tongue. See, when I, when I thought that it was when I thought it was hung, I just got this like vision of you know late night um, western guy up on the gallows, oh, um, lightning coming down from the background as he's hung, and then it's you know sort of um, a mystery around you know why this guy got hung. Well, look, when you're hung, hung, I'm pretty sure you you tongue. Like swells up and lolls out of your mouth, so uh, we can go with that. <laughs> I like yeah, the sure. idea of kind of a, a noirish western um, mystery. Yeah. So I kind of like the idea that your your character maybe you've, has just turned up, and this guy has been hung as he's as he's turned up, and so he he was actually coming here to talk to this guy that has just got hung. Uh, kind of was a reporter. It was coming into town. To talk to this guy, uh, he gets killed, and then you're just investigating what actually led up to led up to this, and you know whether it it turns out that he's actually innocent or whether he actually did it. I like that because as a reporter, you presumably wanted to come and talk to him about some sort of news story, yeah, which could then sort of cast a shifty light on the hanging like was he killed because of yep. what he knew yeah what's the cover up here <clears throat> mm. uh that's like yeah a mystery a conspiracy mystery in the wild west like the wild west as if that's a anyway in the old wild american west, west i guess wicker, in the, yeah. wicker, wild, in wild the wicker, wicker wild wild west <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting. I like that idea. I feel like that hasn't really been done much. It's always, you know, gunfights and, and intimidation and sort of that tension, but doing it is, yeah, a bit, you know. Is anyone else seeing this in pixel art? Because I'm seeing this Oh, in yeah. Art. Yeah, like, I'm seeing this as- That as modern sort of, pixel art, though. That really pretty pixel art. Yeah, kind of like your Thimbleweed Park mm. pixely art or, or more pixelated than that. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know that game. So, eight by eight. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I def, I definitely see it as as like a two D, well, you know, the classic three D point and click adventure when it you know it was like two point five D. Um, yeah, but in that pixel art style. Yeah, I kind of like the idea that you know to get some people talking, you have to actually you know buy them a beer in the in the saloon and. And all this sort of stuff because they just don't want to talk about what happened. It's just, it's too devastating what's happened to the. Um, oh, some real social mechanics. Yeah, that'd be cool. And having to having to you know loosen some tongues if it what if you know by adhering to to each of the each of the sort of people. Definitely, I, I love that. 
Um, I love, I love the idea that, um, like depending, I reckon you get to do you build your character as such. So, um, and depending how you build it depends sort of on their initial response to you. So some characters will react differently, male and female, and some characters will mm. react differently, mm. tall or small, that kind of thing. And so just depending on your choices will sort of determine how far you have to go to get some people to try and talk to you. Um, so. I, yeah. I do like that with different, essentially, you're going a bit more of an RPG-ish route where you're building your character and then characters who you want to talk to have a certain access that they will give information on, mm. essentially. Um, mm-hmm. I think Red Strings Club did something similar to this where you play a bartender and you have to, like, serve the right drinks um, to yep. give, that was to give people particular emotions. But I like this that, like, okay, well, this person is going to give information based on, like, either seduction or drunkenness, right? You've got a couple of options there, and based on your character and the choices you made, you know, you might be stronger in one of those options or not. But I think by by talking to certain people, you could actually then harm some other conversations that you're going to have because you've befriended this person here who isn't very well-liked throughout the town, and they now see you as, as like, being, mm. being a, a little too cozy to that person so therefore you yeah. can't you now need a little bit more to talk to you know the sheriff or something like that yeah in, in some cases it may be they have to trust you more and you, you know you have to or they have to respect you more so you have to like prove yourself by doing something ridiculous and masculine um or feminine <laughs> i guess or or like if you're a woman like or, it may yeah. be even more that they like they trust you even less because they're a man and it's you know you know, uh, exactly. Um, and so there may be some other way then, yes, that you have to, either you have to work harder to gain their respect by shooting someone in the street or something, or, you know. Or, or, just, or just dig up some dirt or something. Yeah, so or then, yes, exactly. There's also kind of like that deus ex thing that's like, or you can go through the front or you can grab some dirt and, like, stride, d- d- uh, like. Blackmail them, essentially. Or, yeah, blackmail. yeah, yeah, yeah. Get some um, leverage. So I think when you get to town uh, the next day, you move into like the the local newspaper shop, or the the local you know the where the local journalist is. is oh, sort of is up. it the maybe it's the current like newspaper editor who was hanged or something? Okay, yep, yep. I, I do like that. But you're coming to work for you're him coming now. to yeah you're coming to work for him on on a particular story. But then you get here and, and he's so just been you've hanged. Got access to his to his notebook that you find hidden behind, like hidden behind maybe a cabinet. It's fallen behind the cabinet, or but something it has like pages that. missing. Yeah, and there's just different things that you got to do. Like finally, you get access to his house and you find find some of the pages that are stuck to underneath the table or something like that. There's a page that is like it's in the printing press and you have to get it. Like find one in the print. Like it's just sitting there waiting to be pressed and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, he'd like set up. Yeah, he was going to publish something, and he'd set up the printing press with all the little like. And it's a puzzle yeah. actually because yeah, he had, hadn't quite finished, so you have to fill in the gaps. Oh, there's like a cipher. Like he's he's oh yeah ready, and it's all in this cipher, and you've got to crack the cipher. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of think that there's like this small conspiracy that you can come across within the town that the um, coffin maker in town hasn't actually made a new coffin in quite a long time. 
He just finds <laughs> the measurements and then goes goes and digs up the old coffin that matches to, to that size and then provides that to the family. And That's just like a fun little side conspiracy or <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I I kind of think that that's, that's something that, um, is almost a red herring that, you know, it gets found out, but it's like, it's not worth killing over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I liked, I liked that through, I liked it through the old editor's notes. You do flesh out a lot of the town, townsfolk, yes. essentially, because you dig, like, he's got dirt on everyone that he's, you know, that he's come across for, uh, for various stories that he hasn't needed to publish. Yeah, uh, and yeah. the and the only clean person that you're sort of coming across is the cranky old judge. Mm. Mm, okay, and and that's where the conspiracy comes down to. Like the guy that sentenced him to to death is also the guy that he was he was trying to prove, you know, is is embroiled in like a larger <laughs> conspiracy to to like sell up the whole town to to like um, make way for a new freeway coming through or something like that. I like that. I wonder just to not fall too, like to not make it too obvious of like the one person he doesn't have dirt on is actually behind it all. Maybe the judge is behind it essentially in that he's using his powers to, to affect things, but he himself is being blackmailed by someone else that you wouldn't expect or something like there's some, exactly. there's someone pulling his strings. Um, and that can be a big like twist at the end. The big twist at the end is the guy was never dead. The first guy who was hung. <laughs> it was a body double. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you find that out through exhuming the body and finding out <laughs> finding that the coffin is empty. But the coffin is still there, so you know it's not part of the whole <laughs> <laughs> Or well maybe you needed to find out about the whole coffin, you know, scheme to yeah. You know, to to figure that out or something, it could even be a. It feels like a red her- herring, but at the start, but then it turns out, oh wait, like it's the wrong size coffin or something. You know, you end up getting into the coroner's books where he keeps track of which coffins he might want to dig up, um, and it doesn't match up or something. Yeah, and and I'm just imagining that all all the things that he's sort of reported on are all linked through through different um, different things. So this coffin thing's linked to the death, but it's also you know, linked to the um, the town being sold. It's linked to um, the extramarital affair of the of the bartender. It's linked to. It's like hot fuzz, except none of the links are really there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like um, that. It's like hot fuzz, but everything is actually you know a little bit more sinister. Yeah, because ev- everything that they killed for was so like we didn't like the way that they. <laughs> The way they looked, so we killed them. <laughs> they didn't fit him without with our, you know, nice, yeah. our nice village. <laughs> God, I love that film. I need to watch it again. That's yeah. really cool, though. I love the idea of a uh, yeah, this noirish noirish mystery in this little western town in the gunslinger days. But it's it, it, it sounds fun. Yeah, I feel I like can, that- I can I can picture it now, and I love it. Yeah, someone yeah. make I just, it, please. I just love going through the through the um the cabinet and just going through some of the old stories, and you can sort of um if if you read through some of the stories, like you can start seeing some of the things early on. If you but you can't quite fit it all together because you don't have all the information. Yeah, very definitely a writing challenge, which so many of our games oh, yeah. are. But uh, yes, okay. So if you want to now, you can go up to a move. 
Well, thanks for your permission, Trevor. Yes. Um, all right. So, what we're going to do, we have a random movie generator here. Uh, no, not generator. Selector. It's going to select a random movie. <laughs> it's not going to make it's up a movie. It's going to generate a random movie that has never been seen before, but also <laughs> gives a date. And you may know it. <laughs> so, I think we'll each get one. Uh, so, we'll have three, but then we'll just select one. And we'll either just use the title as a prompt or the the whole plot of the movie, you know, depending on what we get. So, mm-hmm. let's do it. Exclamation point M if you don't remember Michael. Yeah, I've got it. Mine is Garfield Gets Real. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, Mine is The Scorpion King 4 Quest for Power. (laughs) And mine is 1972's classic Horror Express. Classic. Never heard of it. Um, Never never heard of it. But I, I... I, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I really do like Horror Express. I think you can go a long way with a horror on a train. I But yes. are you not seeing Garfield as the Scorpion <laughs> King? Like <laughs> <laughs> We mix them all together. Um, Garfield as the Scorpion King, and that is the, like, creature on a horror train. <laughs> Scorpions on a train. Get this motherfucking Garfield, <laughs> Scorpion, <laughs> off my motherfucking train. I do like the idea of a horror train, though. I think let's just go with Horror Express as the prompt, because that's really cool. And yep. once we're done, if we've still got time and we feel like it, maybe we'll jump into the the Garfield Scorpion King 4 quest for lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> as a As a bonus extra. So, what's some fun horror stuff about trains? Because I feel like this probably has... I mean, I was going to say it probably has been done. Obviously, we're basing it off an actual movie. Uh, but I feel like I haven't seen a horror movie or a or game set on a train. There's been lots of thriller movies set on yeah, set on trains. But not the sort uh, of- I, I like the idea of, of, like, there's a creeping horror that is, is literally starting at the back passage and sort of making its way down the train. Oh, or it's, yeah, I, I do like that. I, maybe some sort of like body snatcher style thing where it's affecting people based on their seat numbers. <laughs> like you don't know that from the, you don't know that from the beginning, but yes, it's essentially coming from the back of the train to the front. And as it reaches their seat, they um, are, are affected by it. Hmm. So uh, I, I'm I'm getting almost a, a a multiplayer sort of thing on. A I train. was thinking the same thing. I was like, "What if you were the horror?" And then I was like, "Wait a second, But then you need other people playing along with it. And then it's like, "Us oh, just Among Us on a train." <laughs> <laughs> but what's wrong with Among Us on a train? That could be cool—a 3D Among Us on a train. Uh, no, okay. So look, listen. Here, I, I, here are the things I think. Uh, have scary potential on a train tunnels, Mm -hmm. obviously like going for a little while close quarters, like having to sort of push past people to like, you've, you've just got these very narrow walkways and things going between carriages is something that you could uh, build, build on. Definitely. Steep declines. Yeah. And I I guess just like the unstoppableness of like the, you, you don't have any, 
power to start or stop this train as a passenger, right? Um, no. You're kind of helpless on there. Especially if this train is automated. Okay. And it stops for nothing, basically. So, it's the Snowpiercer um, train? Yeah, it's, it's effectively like the Snowpiercer train, but it's not, it's yeah. not set in, like... Um, a nuclear winter. There's no all around. Yeah. A nuclear winter. Um, I'm picturing that this is almost like, in, in the far future, you're going on a trip from... Let's say let's sit in in Australia, and you're going from Melbourne to Sydney or Melbourne to Adelaide. Or so, a future of Australia of where they've actually put in high speed rail between states, high speed uh, ra- between oh, not, cities. Not super high speed rail. It's still going to take some time, but you know, there's, well, I mean, there's going to be some tunnels along the way. But basically, the entire thing's automated. The only thing it stops for is if there's something blocking the tracks. But other than that, there's there's pretty much no staff on this on this train um even even food is sort of automated through some sort of ai so i'm i'm being pulled in different directions here because i like some of the potential for among us on a train where you have these limited moments where you can kill people whether it's while you're going through a tunnel or you know you cross paths with someone between carriages, like that sort of thing, right? Like those things that we talked about being the moments where you've got the opportunity to kill without being seen. I don't know then how you bring in, like, is everyone just walking up and down this train, I guess, and trying to, you know, you can see within the carriage that you're in as long as you're not in a tunnel, essentially. That could work. I mean, that could work. It could work, but then you get this whole thing of everyone sort of sticking together. But I think as a killer, that's what you want. Everyone's sticking together. And when it goes into a tunnel, you can, like, you know, mm. in the midst of a group, murder, murder. Actually, that's true. That's what it gives you over Among Us where, you know, Among Us separates you because you have to do the tasks, obviously, and you've got the sabotage. The train separates you in the sense of there are moments where the killer can- Def, like, if they're close to someone, can kill without being caught out. Mm. Yep. Because they've got that time to essentially blind stab and then move away before, uh, you know, the train comes to- uh, before the train comes out of the tunnel and there's no evidence that it was you. So, I think you could almost do a slower Among Us in the way of, you know- You've, there's certain contraband that the that the killer has that is is all about, you know, the murder weapon is actually something physical. So you you need to, you know, if someone decides to to search you and that sort of stuff, um, or may, maybe maybe there's, there's an automated search that happens every now and again. So you've got to hide the weapon somewhere, and it gives it gives everyone else a chance to actually find the weapon. Oh, I, I like that. That like there's like the golden gun in Goldeneye kind of thing. Like it's it's not the only weapon, but it is the weapon that you want to have, sort of thing. But if you get caught with it, um, like that's game over. Well, yeah. I, so I like the idea of of searching people. I think that should be because I, I like the social aspects and keeping with the social aspects of Among Us. I think you can talk to anyone who's in the same carriage as you. 
And I mean, obviously, Among Us does that with a just a social contract. You'd, you'd have emergency to, meeting. You'd yeah. have to build it into the game. That well, it's actually built into a, into Among Us. It's just that people decide to play it on Discord as well. Oh, and that is um, the problem with any game like this: is generally you're going to have a party chat going elsewhere. Um, but yeah. you'd have to all agree to use the. Yeah. Anyway, assuming we could get past that, so that only the people within the carriage could hear you. I mean, I'm I'm going to put something out there, which is. Recently been done in Phasmophobia. Have you actually seen how they've done voice chat in that? Where you've got radios that you can use at any time mm. or proximity chat. And they recommend that you actually use the in-game chat because also the ghosts in that game can actually respond to your voice. So, if you're, if yeah. you're saying the ghost's name, they can actually respond to you and get angry. And yeah, I, I think- I think The idea of having, um, like, proximity, proximity talk- Anytime that you're near is actually kind of cool. So you could actually hear when someone dies in the tunnel, you actually hear. Mm. And as long as people agree to the social contract, not that it'll tell them who killed them and all that sort of no, stuff. No, but you'll know, like, you'll be able to hear, you're in a tunnel, it's maybe like 10 seconds you're in a tunnel, right? Three seconds in, you hear, <laughs> it's like, oh shit, someone in this carriage has killed someone else. You either need to run because they might- I mean, you probably need to give them a cool down so they can't just off everyone in a carriage. Or maybe you don't. No, of course not. Because nah, maybe, don't- Because maybe you just have to make it that if you're in a- Like, don't be in a carriage during a tunnel with a bunch of other people because one of them could be the killer, you know? Yeah, lock yourself in the supply closet. <laughs> Stay there. Yeah, but that might make you suspicious or- I don't know, like for different reasons, right? Depending yeah, on how many people are the dart. Yeah. Um- but yes, I like the proximity chat because it gives you the option, uh, it gives you the opportunity for deception between players. Like you tell different things to yep. different people at all times, and also <laughs> the suspicion of yeah, like talking to other people. Like, do you think it's Trevor? Um, because you know he was in there. Oh, no, I think it's Mike. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not. Sus, sus. <laughs> um, I I love the idea of like you could. Because it's supposed to be a horror game, I love the idea of like you. If you're the if you're the horror, if you're the killer, you like can sort of set up and have a command set that as soon as this door opens, that's it. Like you drag them in or something like it's just a grab and type. So it's like this real in your face type um, horror still, so that you get that kind of jump scare moment where like the killer's just in front of your face and you're just like, ah, shit, this is it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's interesting because we haven't talked about the graphics and the graphic style. I was kind of picturing this as a 2D thing where you've essentially got like the the train side-scrolling and like cut, you know, cut so you can see into the carriage that you're in. With everything else being hidden, uh, but yeah, if you you could, there's definitely more opportunity, I think, for for jump scares and stuff if you do it as like first person or something like that. Mm. Also, makes it hard, like because with a with Among Us, one of the things is it's very easy to see sort of all the way around, whereas with first person, you're limited to that like ninety degree field of view, mm-hmm. which um, mm-hmm. a- again brings in that horror element, which y- you could really sort of drive home. I think, um, with a first-person type thing. Yeah. yeah. There's just something about, about also, like, there's certain weapons that you can pick up as the killer that you, you then, one, once you use once you use the weapon and it's broken, you've got to hide it somewhere so that 
you know, people don't find out, uh, well, people aren't able to find it as, as easy, but it can sort of also point them to, oh, you were just in this room and you didn't find this. Yeah, I think having to to stash the weapons, essentially, um, yep. there may be some rooms where you can get rid of them completely, like you can throw a knife out the window or something if you're in, you know, the the smoking cab- cab- cabin where they allow for the windows to open or something like that. Mm. Uh, yeah. But obviously, yeah, depending on different things, it might be suspicious that you're in there in the first place or, I don't know, maybe if you don't do it well enough, it'll leave a blood stain. so there's still some evidence that- it was done or something like that. Um, do you ever, did either of you ever play like a really old, I think it was Brodebund made, um, The Last Express? It's like the first thing I thought I, of was the, the body that you hide right at the beginning and you, you put it, you strap it to the bed and then fold that bed back into a couch. Oh God. <laughs> I don't wow. think I ever actually played it. Uh, I remember it because, uh, it was quite artistically and technically um, well done because it was all rotoscoped, right? I think it was. Yeah, it was and all rotoscoped. Wasn't the whole was thing real, in real time as well? It was. It was. So if you you had to be wow. at a particular spot, <laughs> yeah, a, a particular spot at a particular time to overhear a particular conversation. So, like, if you were after like clues, you you're just up and down this train the whole time, and there was this guard who, like. He was on a time schedule for going up and down the carriages and checking on you and everything. It was really cool. Yeah, now I do. I want to check this game out. Like, so this is this is old school. Yeah, it was like uh, ni- a ninety, early nineties, ninety-seven. Like. Okay, late nineties. There you go. By Jordan Mechner. That's right, nice. Prince of Persia, dude. Yeah. Now that makes me want to check it out even more because I love Prince of Persia. And as soon as you said rotoscoped, I'm thinking Prince of Persia, Prince of Persia, because mm. he did that with Prince mm. of Persia. Yeah. Uh, yeah so was, this is fantastic. Like, now I want to really check this out. <laughs> it's a really good game. But that was, that was the first thing I thought of is like, all right, so not only are you like, you're trying to kill everyone, you're also trying to like hide the bodies, but mm. make sure that like they're not found or whatnot. Ooh, yeah. I, th- I think. Yeah, the tunnels, obviously, you know, you're you're just going to kill outright and people are going to see the body. Yeah. But if you kill them like you're hiding in a cupboard, they come up and search the cupboard and you kill them, you can stuff them into the cupboard, close it up and get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And, you know, leave the murder weapon stuck inside them and, and now that's still- Still a mystery, mm. yeah. Still a mystery. Or like you're in a you're in a sleeping compartment, just quickly like grab them and throw them out the window or something. And- well, but I was thinking with the like traveling between carriages that that's an opportunity where you can just kill them and throw them off the train. Uh, mm. But obviously, if you're hanging out between carriages, like maybe that's uh, a bit suspicious. So yeah, yeah, I do like that uh, that way of you've got different ways to approach the kill, whether it's sort of essentially doing it hiding in plain sight when you're in the tunnel um, and, and sort of giving yourself deniability by being in there yeah. with other people or, yeah, doing it more in secret and trying to trying to knock people off when they're alone. What is the objective for the player, like the the, the person who is not the killer? Like, it, once they discover who the killer is, are we just out to get them? Like, find some weapons and get them? Or, like, what are they doing? I want, yeah, that's interesting. Um, cause you definitely don't want the other people who are not the killer just having to wander the train and do nothing. Uh, mm. I mean, other than, other than the fact that they know there is a killer on the train, uh, mm. 
and and so I, I'm trying to figure that out. I I think once once the person has been figured out as the as the killer, if there's if there's you know more than more than one person, they can very similar to Among Us where they can vote someone off. They can they can literally vote people off. I like, think it I would think- have to be a vote. Yeah, I think it would have to be a vote situation, and there'd need to be a. I think there'd need to be a penalty maybe for voting. Maybe you only get a certain amount of votes or something. So you have to have some level of evidence and 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 have convinced people enough, other people enough, before you like before you waste a vote essentially. Or, or if you kick out someone who wasn't wasn't it and was just in the wrong place at the wrong time and happened to miss because they were looking the wrong way, happened to miss the the dead body and then the person leaving that area. I think what you actually have is is some way of of um, penalising the people who kick someone who was um, nodded out, basically. I think what could be really cool is instead of... Because in Among Us, I hate when the game breaks because that emergency media is called. So I reckon if you want to try and, like, alert people to the fact that you think it's someone in particular... In the game, you've got a phone, and so you have to pull up the phone and you have to send a message or do something in real time so that you've got a chance of being caught while you're doing that. So, like, the killer can see someone's on their phone. Shit, I'd better deal with that or something. Yeah, that's Um, cool. Having that time uh, urgency of... I need to call a vote. I, I think it's this person. Like, I saw this. Yeah. Uh, but, like, you've just got an app on your phone or something. You've got to yeah. pull it up. You've got to enter the right passcode. Or so it's all just edge-of-the-moment type thing. Like, you're trying to do this as fast as you can. Without, yeah, and that's interesting because um, then yeah. that changes, again, because obviously in Among Us, if you're in front of someone and someone kills someone, it's just like, oh, report body, and then to me, you're immediately in a meeting. Uh, mm. uh, you get that horror thing of, oh, I just saw Trevor kill Michael. I need to get the fuck out of here and find somewhere where, he, you know, where either other people are around or, you know, lose him in some way or lock him out to get the time to- But also notify everyone. To notify yeah. everyone, yeah. Uh, that's cool, because then that gives the killer the opportunity as well. Like, being seen is not an immediate, you know, strike against you, essentially. Not mm. that it necessarily is in Among Us, but it's pretty damning if- a body's yeah. reported and someone is immediately screaming, I saw someone do it. I saw them do it. Uh, yeah, it's pretty yeah. hard to, to come back from that. Yeah. Now, is there, a, um, is there a physical movement that everyone has to move to that, to that meeting place? So it's not just that among us immediately everyone gets there. Nah, it's, it's, it's you. If you want well, to investigate once, once the body. Once you send it out. Once you send it out, it's it's sort of like everyone gets moved there automatically, or is it once you send it out, everyone physically has to move there, and the killer has got more more time to basically yeah. kill the person. Yeah, at the could, meeting point. Well, hundred percent. Yeah, that could be interesting. I, I think essentially, like, because can you can you imagine? You know, you you doing whatever you're doing on the train, like. Four of you are hanging in this carriage, another two are over here. You haven't seen a few of the others for a while, and then everyone's phone goes ding. And, like, you look at it and it's someone saying, you know, such and such is the killer. Uh, like, I, or I want to accuse, yeah, I want to accuse such and such, like, we need to meet. It's like, okay, 
like there. Now we, now we have to over. get there without getting killed by them. Um, you know, safety in numbers, presumably, you'd have to have some sort of <laughs> way that if you've accused someone, they can't just like massacre everyone on the way. But I do like that tension of then having to get there before you can actually come to a consensus and do something about it. You know what I want, though? I want the killer in a last desperation sort of thing. He can set like a trap. Cyanide gas pill or something, or like just the like gas the whole. Well, I'm I'm thinking like as you as you go to go between the carriages, you know the pin sort of comes <laughs> loose and yeah. And like I thought the same. I thought the same thing. Separates. That, like I think the 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 killer as they as they accumulate like bodies, they get some sort of. I don't know, in-game currency, whatever it is, that they can then purchase upgrades or whatever. Like, you now have access to, like, pulling apart carriages or you can control the electrical circuits so you can turn on and off lights as you see fit or, like, you can sort of do these extra things, um, sort of the more bodies you kill. But, like, sort of once you've spent that power, then it's gone. So it's not a... It's it's not a sort of reusable thing necessarily. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is, Among Us uh, has the ghost mechanic, uh, which I think is important to give the dead people something to do. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they have a similar resource. I guess maybe on a cooldown or something where they can do something. And look, they may not necessarily know who the killer is either. Um, unlike in Among Us, where you almost certainly know who the killer is. If you, you got if an you animation were, of who killed you. Yeah, well, yes, exactly. <laughs> if you were killed in a dark tunnel, <laughs> you might not know. Well, that's it. Or or even then when when you when you see the killer, you don't necessarily know who it is, like because they like pull a mask on or something or whatever. It's like it's the scream mask or whatever. And so suddenly the killer is there, they've killed you, but you've got no idea who it mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm. And then it, it's the same as like the um the Counter-Strike cooldown where the screen is black for a little bit or something. So it gives the killer time to move on, yes. get out of their guise. And so like your identity is safe. But then you get to do things like write the name of the person you suspect on a mirror in on blood. Yeah. <laughs> right. So <laughs> as, as one of the other players, you walk into a bathroom and see the name of someone on there. It's like, oh fuck, someone's trying to communicate me from the other communicate to me from the other side. But I kinda love the idea of of like when, you know, some lights flicker and stuff, that when you're looking in a mirror and there's there happens to be a ghost behind you that happen to be following you, you actually see them, like, flash up in the mirror and then disappear. <laughs> like, I love that. I love putting in some visual be. stuff around seeing the dead character, the dead players, yeah. Or even, even, uh, I love that. But um, once they're killed, maybe they're not quite dead. So they get about 20 seconds to do something. So they get to scroll a name on the ground or pull out their phone and send a message or something. Like, just this is one last sort of ditch effort to do something. I like that, yeah. Particularly from, again, the horror side, the horror slasher flick sort of side of things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing the metagaming um, where, like, pe- you, like people are uh, making really long names that start with other people's names because you've, <laughs> you've only got enough time to, to, you know, you have to actually physically scroll it out. 
<laughs> no, my, my my idea was that you you have that sort of um, auto text sort of thing where you get to select a person's name um, is the and then you can select through killer or is an accomplice or, or something like that. Because I think you could actually have it that there there is an accomplice, like for for an old, another game mode and that sort of stuff. Like there's someone who's helping. I do up. like I do like that idea of essentially your last breath being you can give one piece of information, and it might be, you know, browsers. Uh, well, yeah, well, yeah, that or I was even saying, I was, what I was going to say is it might be that you 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 um, say that someone wasn't the killer, right? It's like, no, you know, such and such, you know that such mm. and such was with you the whole time while other people were getting killed. Um, and so to help them find out who it is, it might be, you know, such and such is innocent. Um, yeah. I think this game would work really, like it wouldn't work so well probably with pickup games, but certainly with a group of friends. So you've really got that social con- contract going of like playing it properly. Mm. Um, like, uh, cause my friends, when so- someone first mentioned Among Us to me, I was like, oh, my friends and I were playing this years ago in a Gary's mod mod where essentially you just, one was the, the killer and you were all just trying to survive. But not killing everyone. You were just trying to figure out who the killer was. Oh yeah, thing, yeah, so. yeah. It's a very. I mean, it's a fairly common, um, especially in like card games and stuff, right? Or just like <laughs> social games with uh, werewolf mafia, mafia and werewolf. <laughs> like, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree that that as long as it's as long as there is some social contract in place and it's played properly, That's there's it, some yeah. really cool fucking ideas there. But I. I- there's something about that first person view and also bringing in the extra things about the ghosts appearing in mirrors and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So as far as a, as far as a ghost character, you want to freak the fuck out of everyone else out and maybe <laughs> like haunt this person. So you can actually, you know, press a button on a 20 second cooldown that actually flickers the lights that also makes you appear in the mirror just to fuck people, fuck, just to fuck with people. That's amazing. <laughs> like, that is so good. To me, the, the the idea as you're walking around and there could be someone over your shoulder at any time just following you. <laughs> like, yeah, if, we're, if, we, if we hadn't already done like half an hour on this and we weren't at the end of the episode, I feel like there's actually a whole game there in just the interactions between living and dead people like that, um, whether it's this game or a different one. Uh with with more like focus on the game on that gameplay because that's really cool like doing yep. multiplayer stuff where you can yes like send messages between these two mm. realms essentially and sometimes see them and stuff that's oh the kind cool. of um the 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 lights on the wall and um what's that bloody show called everyone was it Oh, uh, Stranger, Stranger Things. things. Yeah. Stranger yeah. Things, that kind of, like, I'm going to send you, like, you can Morse code the um, mirror or something. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or just, like, or- have you seen those videos, and, like, it's such an easy effect to do, where you can only see the person when the light's off, and they flick mm. the light on, and, and immediately no one's there, and then they turn the yeah. light off again, and they're a little bit closer. Like, yeah. you could do that sort of thing. Or, like, you, you only show someone in the reflection like it's that perfect thing of they turn around and nobody's fucking there but they just saw them in the reflection right or you just see their shadow or there's so many cool things yeah. you could do uh in a multiplayer I'm game just, I'm just i'm imagining the sound design at the same time like it's just mm. the sound would have to be so immersive and just like these that, that continuous 
of the of the train just yeah. clacking along. But like, I feel like the kind of like in the Untitled Goose game, how when something adventurous happens, the piano picks up. That kind of thing, like when that door opens and the killer's just waiting for you, it does that wow. shock yeah, sound. Yeah, like a sting. It plays yeah. that sting and just yeah. Uh, every so bathroom all- would have to have uh, mirrored cabinets, so that whenever you close <laughs> one, there's the potential of someone standing, like you being able to see someone behind oh. you, <laughs> and a reason for the players to go into them for some. You know, I mean, I guess if they're looking for evidence or something, yeah, that's really Maybe- fucking cool. Maybe there's uh like for the for, for the players there's something they can collect that protects them. There's some sort of protective element that they can find something that will protect them, and that's why they're moving about the train. But yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, I think looking for evidence of the killer. You know, you've almost got a, a scavenger round. You could almost have a procedurally generated kind of backstory or something for your characters or whatever. So you. You could pot- you could potentially find backstory that implicated a particular person um, if you search you know if you search enough and maybe you have to like break into the safe that's in a particular uh, you know in in that person's um, cabin and that might give you information mm-hmm. about them but it's only if you already suspect them that you'd even bother doing that and if you're found trying to break into someone's safe like maybe you're sus you know or, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah that's cool. All right. Well, uh, we'll finish it on the Garfield Scorpion King. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think we'll leave that one up to your imagination, listeners. Uh, And uh, I think we'll finish it up there. The Scorpion King who loves lasagna is just- Loves lasagna, hates Mondays. Yeah. So, thank you for joining us this week on BitStorm. Thank you, Michael, for joining us as well. An that absolute was pleasure. A lot of fun. If you want to find, well, actually, no. Look, let's do Michael's socials. Do you want to give out any social stuff for people to? Oh, look! If you want to find me, um, I'm I'm quite active on Twitter. Not that you want to find me, but anyway, it's um, uh, at Bardscore, uh, Bardscore, <laughs> at Bardzilla, <laughs> uh, with an underscore uh, at the end there, because Bardzilla is taken by someone with seven tweets and. I just want that account, but you know, Fuck that guy. I can't get it. <laughs> so, yeah, Bardzilla with an underscore. Uh, and if you want to find us, Bitstorm online, go to podchaser.com slash Bitstorm. All of our previous episodes are up there. Leave us a review. Review this episode. Tell us what you think of this Haunted Express Among Us cool game that we spent so long on. Tell us whether it was worth the 200-plus episode wait for, for Michael to join us. <laughs> yeah. Re- request only, Michael back. But only say nice <laughs> things. Uh, we're also part of the 8-Bit Collective, and this is a group of podcasters uh, who do podcasts, funnily enough, around video games and pop culture and role-playing and many number of other things. So go to 8bit.net and check them out. Also, if you could check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook or check out a- at AGP Network on Twitter. And finally, we'd like to thank Kuridas for the use of the song Mantifines of the album Containment Failure. Got through it in one. In go. one. That was the first take. <laughs> All right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Pitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Travis Scott. I'm Michael Jones. And... 
I was working in the lab late one night, ousting my experiments out of sight. He <laughs> <laughs> did the mash. He did the monster mash. The monster smash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. <laughs> 